Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Of April in the year 2020 and one of my most highly demanded people in a live stream ever would have to be Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Doctor, I I know that you are an unbelievable demand right now. I really, really appreciate you making the time this morning. You betcha. Thanks for having me on. Or this afternoon. I'm not exactly sure what time it is. So, But you're here. I'm here. They're all here. So this is <laughs> a good, good thing. That's good. Um, Doc, before we start, can you just lay out your credentials and your experience for people that I, for somehow have been living under a rock and don't know who you are? Sure. Um, I am an osteopathic medical doctor. And for those that don't know what a DO is, a DO is like being an MD and a chiropractor. So we learn everything that we do as an MD. And then you also use learn um, biomechanical medicine like a chiropractor. So a DO, in my opinion, is kind of like the best of both worlds. My first career, I was the director of an emergency department, a level two trauma center for 12 years in Finley, Ohio. I moved to Cleveland in 1996 to open an integrated health center, um, which I'm always proud to say we've had people from all 50 states and about 18 foreign countries to come to our clinic and get well and get off their pharmaceutical drugs. We have 13 employees. We Even in the shutdown, thank God, we're still open for business and we're still seeing patients. And so I've been doing that since 1996. Um, I went to a conference in the National Vaccine Information Center meeting in Washington, D.C. in September of 2000. And I learned that there were problems associated with vaccines, which I had never really investigated before. When I came home from that meeting, I said, I should probably look into this. Maybe I should start with the CDC documents. Maybe I'll start with the mainstream medical journals and see what I can find. Well, that has led me on an, uh, a nearly 20-year odyssey and more than 40,000 hours worth of research into problems associated with vaccines. So I kind of, as I, I really kind of tout myself as one of the internationally known experts on problems with vaccines. I've written two books. I've written innumerable articles, blog posts. I've spoken at conferences all over the world and done literally hundreds, maybe hundreds of hundreds of radio interviews, podcast interviews, television interviews, trying to sow the seeds to let people know that vaccination is not a religion. You can't say, I believe in vaccines. And to let them people know that the, um, that the vaccines are not safe, they've never been proven to protect you from getting sick, and they definitely can cause harm. How well did that go over with your colleagues or your family or your, or your close personal friends when you, finally, when you finally realized and started all those hours of research? Oh, my close personal friends who trusted me, you know, when I started telling them that what I was reading was from peer-reviewed mainstream medical journals, I wasn't getting my information from conspiratology.com. And I wasn't like going down conspiracy theory alley looking for that. I was reading things from the New England Journal and from JAMA and Pediatric Infectious Disease Journal. Because after I left the National Vaccine Information Center meeting, that meeting in September that I went to, um, Kathy 
Williams, one of the co-founders, became a really good friend of mine. And she said, you know, Sherry, you're a physician. You can read the medical journals and use their information against them. You don't have to guess. You don't have to go down to conspiracy theories. You can read what's really out there. And quite frankly, Richie, the more that I read, the further I went down the, the rabbit hole, I kept thinking sooner or later, I would find something that made sense. Sooner or later, I could find a reason for why we inject foreign matter into little babies and somehow think it's going to improve their health. So when I started telling this to friends and family members, they were, they were shocked. They weren't like, you know, well, what about polio? And what about smallpox that you hear from the uninformed all the time? Mm -hmm. They were like, tell us more. This is really, this is really what you're finding. So within six months, I had created two courses. One was for parents and one was for physicians. It was really more naturopaths, chiropractors, and, and acupuncturists, really not the mainstream medical people. And I spent, uh, there was a supplement company in, in California that hired me to teach all of the people who were their customer base. And for two years, every other weekend, I was on the road somewhere speaking at a seminar, talking to holistic practitioners, chiropractors, chiropractors naturopaths, acupuncturists, um, nurse practitioners, the rare and occasional MD or DO on problems associated with vaccines. So I've been doing this for, like I said, almost 20 years. It'll be 20 years in September. Let me ask you this. I don't, I didn't get a chance to run this by you before we went live. I, it just recently came to my attention and I'm, I'm going to guess many people don't know this. The CDC is a privately owned for-profit company. I did they not are. know that. And they have a foundation too. They have a they have a 501c3 foundation. They have a 501c4 lobbying arm. And in their 501c3 foundation, almost every major corporation that you can think of, whether it's in the healthcare, manufacturing, biomedical um, division or not, almost everybody is a member of their foundation. So they can shuffle money into them and get a tax deduction and shuffle it out in terms of grants on the other side. I just recently found this out. I had no clue whatsoever at all. So what is your opinion seeing people, doctors like this, finally come out on the mainstream talking about getting the getting the paperwork from the CDC where they're basically saying, yeah, broken arm just listed as COVID-19. I mean, it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but, but not all that much. They're saying anybody with anything They've given, they've given them a handy form where they can simply check off COVID-19. Why are they juking the stats if this pandemic is so, it stopped the entire world for well, over a month now. Well, let's talk a little bit about what this, what this physician said, because he was right. Because I remember about two days before he went live on this video, I remember seeing it from the CDC and then also getting an, uh, an email from the Ohio State Medical Board, because I'm located in Cleveland, Ohio. So, um, Excuse me. So I, the same thing is what he said. I, I saw this and they're like, if a patient is in the hospital with any type of comorbidity, whether it's heart problems, they've had lung conditions, they have COPD, they have asthma, they've had a perforated bowel, they had some sort of sepsis and they die. If you suspect that maybe, just suspect, you don't have to test them, you don't have to swab them, you don't have to confirm it, but that perhaps they had been infected with the, with the SARS-CoV virus, then you put down on the death certificate as one of the co-causes the co of death is, 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 a, is, a, is the virus, is SARS-CoV or, or COVID-19. 
So they're stacking the deck to make it look like there's more and more people dying from this, in, from this infection than what really is. It's like, if you suspect it, put it down as a potential cause of death. Not, and, and really seriously, what that physician said in that video, he's absolutely right. Never have any of us, I mean, I felt when I was an ER doc, I mean, I was the director of an ER in a level two trauma center for 12 years. I mean, you know, you didn't have to put down as cause of death. I suspect that maybe it was like, no, this is what is the cause of death. This is what we know is the cause of death. Now, if it was a homicide or a drug overdose or an, a an accidental um, uh, drug, drug you know, um, chemical inducement or something like that, that they ended up doing an autopsy, I mean, you can put, could put down, you suspect drug overdose because you don't know what that was. So there were a little bit of latitude in that. But never did you get direction from your state medical board and from the CDC telling you to fudge the data. And and people people are still like helping push this fraud, even though we're showing the paperwork from the CDC where it's saying use the World Health Organization's. I mean, I can't see the wording because it's too small and it's too early. But it's basically saying use COVID nineteen even if there's any other type of. Uh, heart failure, lung disease, pneumonia, leukemia, you know, anything. They wouldn't it, need to do this in a real world scenario, correct? Right. That's, and, that's and you guys don't do right. that. No, yes. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't use good punctuation even when I talk, so I apologize. <laughs> You're right. We don't have to do that. You put it down as a comorbidity. And every diagnosis, every diagnosis from, like you said, a broken arm to a heart attack to a headache, um, there, there's a diagnosis code that goes along with that. Well, the COVID-19 came out with a, a diagnosis code, and I believe there's, there's a couple of different ones that you can use that they use modifiers with it. But the idea is, is that that's a number that goes on a death certificate that goes into a database that then they can scan through the database and say, oh, wow, look, out of 100 people that died, 90 of them died from COVID-19. Now, here's an important fact that I think your listeners need to know. In Northern Italy, where they had the lar early on the highest number of deaths in senior citizens um, that they were saying, oh, this was all because of COVID-19 and all these people were dying. Two things I want to say about that. One is that they started doing a retrospective analysis and they found out that most of the people that died were elderly and they had comorbidities. And they really died of the comorbidity, meaning they died of the heart attack, the, the stroke, the emphysema, the uh, COPD, all the various lung diseases, they died of cancer. That was really their primary cause of death. So what the Italians have started doing now is that they are making a distinction between a death caused by the virus and a death in association with the virus, meaning you died of cancer and if they, and, and maybe it was the virus or they actually tested you and found that you were infected by the virus, which means you, it was, you died in the presence of the virus, but the virus didn't cause your death. When they started looking at the, the data from that perspective, what they found was like 98 or 99% of people who died did not die from the virus, they died from something else. And oh, by the way, the virus just happened to be there. Right. It, it's amazing because literally we uh, a mainstream and a couple of alternative reporters had started writing stories about Italy before the numbers went hyperbolic. And they said, if you look at the numbers and the actual data, there's only about two people that died 
And I made a video laying that out and several others did within a day, 700. And then three days later, 10,000 people died in Italy. And then the mainstream broke the story again, saying, yeah, 10,000 people died, but it turns out just 88% just of them had at least three other underlying issues. At least three other underlying issues, 88%. That's insanity. And most people don't even know that. They don't even want to know that. They're following what the news is yelling at them. And what you just said there was really important about people don't want to know. People are so have so bought the Kool-Aid on this, Richie. I'm telling you, when this very first started, I I kind of sat back. I, I didn't write anything or talk about it on Facebook or Instagram for quite a while at the beginning. And even though I've got a really, really large fan base, I've got, you know, 250,000 Facebook fans. I, I started my Instagram account five months ago. I've already got almost 40,000 followers. I mean, so that's I've got- That's hard to do, doctor. That's hard. <laughs> that's, that's no joke. I've got half a million followers and I've only got like 12,000 on Twitter. So that's, that's saying something. And our Twitter, our Twitter feed went from 5,000 to 20,000 in about six weeks. And so Instagram, we started the first, the October 26th and I looked this morning and we're almost at 40,000 people already on Instagram. So uh, the only reason I'm saying that is not to brag. I'm saying it to say that I have a lot of people that want to hear what I have to say. And I sat back and took like a 30,000 foot view for several weeks before I wrote anything. And because I thought this is really hysteria. This is the same thing that we're doing over and over again. And the first article I wrote that I posted on Baxter, my email uh, or my website, which is vaxxter.com, Baxter is same playbook, different virus. And I did it through a historical lens. And I talked about SARS in 2002, bird flu in 2005, swine flu in 2009. And now we're doing the same thing with COVID-19. And why have we taken the entire global economy to its knees over what's going to be a big fat nothing burger? And I said, those people at the very top of our, of our food chain who are pulling and yanking on our strings here are probably sitting back on their desk, putting their feet up on their desk, smoking their big fat Smokies, laughing their butts off, saying it only took three weeks to take 7.2 billion, billion people, turn them into sheep, make them wear gloves and hats and be scared to death and absolutely be frightened to literally to death over a flu virus. Now, right when this broke out, right when this broke out, one of my exes works at, that doesn't sound good, one of my ex, at any rate, my ex works <laughs> at a large hospital in Boston. She's been there 20 years. And I said, COVID-19? She said, yeah, it's, it's, it's been around. It's no big deal. It's a, it's a mild flu. She's like, what I'm, you know, she, she said, I'm surprised they're not making a big deal out of the H1N1. That's what you don't want. She's like, but COVID, it's not a big deal. I told everyone that, and I thought that was going to be the end of it. But I have never seen – the information is still up. They haven't censored it. They haven't pulled it down. They are indeed sitting back, smoking their cigars or whatever it is they're doing, and laughing. The information's here, but people would just prefer to listen to the mainstream. And they got rid of all the sports and everything else, so everyone can really focus on the mainstream every day. We're going we're gonna to put – we're going to open – I mean, this is just insane. I'm even saying these words, but – We've got a we've got a panel together, you know, with Ivanka Trump, you know, figuring out if the country could be opening again. And maybe in May or June, we'll reopen the country. You can't do that. It's not going to work like that. It's unbelievable how people are defending this system that just keeps keeping stringing them along. Here's the carrot. We're going to send you a check, doctor. Don't worry. 
We'll send you a check for 1200 bucks. Everything will be fine. We'll be even afterwards, and we'll start the economic engine right up again, and all will be well. It's not good. It's, it's not, not good. good. It's it's frightening to me to drive down the street. You know, I'm in, I live in I live in a I live in Olmstead Falls, which is as a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. And right before I came on your show today, I had to go to the I had to, I made an appointment and I had to go to the bank. I had some business I had to do there. And driving down the street and seeing up even some of the large chains like Olive Garden and um, Bed Bath and Beyond have already closed and taken the logos off the sides of their buildings. Yeah. And and all the small little places that are all boarded up and seeing how little traffic is going on and you know it, churches being shut down and and you know at a, pl at a place in time when we should be getting together with congr our congregations and praying praying for health, praying for safety, praying for the economics of our businesses. I mean, these people that have put their whole livelihood in everything and they, they, they have this little business that they may have anywhere from three to maybe 20 employees and they're just limping along. You know, they make a little profit at the end of the year, but it's how they pay their bills. They're, they're toast. And it doesn't matter how much money that the, that the government tries to pump into this. If they let this go on much longer, there's going to be no jobs left to come back to. And that was what, at the very beginning, at the very, very beginning, knowing that I had this longitudinal lens, because I wrote a, a book on the bird flu back in 2005 in, when it was happening in real time. And I knew that this was like, you know, everybody was saying, look to the right, look to the right, look to the right. When the real action was happening, look to the left. And this was an economic warfare. And for some reason, somebody out there decided they were going to take our economy and the global economy to their knees. That, in my opinion, is just to, um, in, in my opinion, it's all about just getting rid of Trump. They don't want him to be reelected. They don't want the elect next elections to come up. They're already talking about mail-in ballots and anybody can mail in anything they want. I mean, anything to up up upend our country, our freedoms, our constitutionally guaranteed rights to freedom of speech, to our right to bodily autonomy. And instead, we're going to genuflect to um, the vaccine industry as the savior for humanity. Go figure on that one. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. Here, here's the funny thing. In the, when, the, when this whole thing broke, the first responders, they don't have the equipment. They don't have the mask. Everything's going horribly. None of this stuff is ready. But I'm in a very, very small town in the middle of Wyoming. And within days of this happening, they already had social distancing stickers on the floor with the feet, footprint and the social distancing. They were already, they were already designed, manufactured, packaged shipped and installed within days of this happening. But they're trying to tell us this was completely organic. You know, we don't have masks. We don't have things that doctors and nurses need, but we have these things to tell people to stay six foot away. I've had numerous MDs, doctors, nurses, all along the line chiming in on this. Social distancing is just nonsense. Is that accurate? It is. And, and there's a couple reasons for I say it's in, it's it's crazy. I mean, they did the six foot thing. You have to say six foot away from people, not because they tested it, not because they made me like like breathe in like viruses or breathe in, you know, known uh, like benign pathogens, things that we're not going to. And then give me a little pepper up the nose and let me sneeze and see far, how far away those droplets went. They had no idea. I mean, some people were saying three feet. Some people were saying 27 feet. They have no idea how far that is. It was just a good guess to make it as the distance of a dead body, which is six feet. I mean, if it was so horrible about, about us spreading pathogens, 
Just think about every single person that you sit like right next to on an airplane for anywhere from two to 12 hours or longer. And as people disembark from an airplane, you don't see people walking off and keeling over. We, uh, we have trillions of cells, there are trillions of viruses and bacteria on our bodies. I mean, they call it our microbiome. It's in our sinuses, in our lungs, in our gut. They even now are talking about the brain microbiome. And they think that we as humans are just like, like the, the uh, Charlie Brown pig pen cartoon. You remember pig pen <laughs> that had the little dirt thing running behind him, you know, yep. that we yep. just like, we have viruses and bacteria everywhere. Why is it that we only get all hysterical about a very short list of viruses and bacteria for which we have vaccines, or we can create one. I mean, you know, what, what is that all about? And the social distancing, the other thing, as soon as they started saying it, I started saying to all my friends and colleagues, I said, do you understand what a PSYOP that is? I mean, social distancing. If they didn't say physical distancing or adequate far, far away that we've tested that you need to have physical distancing, be careful about washing your hands, social distancing, which is the disruption of the human genome in terms of how, not genome, but uh, human uh, collective, because right. humans are, Humans are social animals. We're a social breed. We like to hug. We like to kiss. We like to high five. We like to shake hands. We like to do all of those things. And now they have disrupted that. They've disrupted our churches. They've disrupted, you know, we can't go to our kids' basketball games. Now everybody's stuck in their house. It's, um, it's a complete psychological psyop on the world, quite frankly. Well, on, on many levels. Here's the here's the great thing. You mentioned the New England Journal of Medicine earlier, and, and I've tried to stress this to my subscribers. The New England Journal of Medicine isn't just a regular magazine. This is this is legit. When you put it in the New England Journal of Medicine, you're talking to your other peers, and this is your opinion on a matter. I find it really strange that Dr. Anthony Fauci wrote in February 2020, and I guess it was published March 26. He explained exactly what the COVID-19 disease was. The death rate was 0.09. It's no worse than a normal uh, influenza, and it's unlike SARS or any other thing. And then days later, he's on there with the president making all sorts of hand signs and the waves and the curves and this, that, and the other thing. What do you make of that? Did you see that? I, you must, I'm going to assume you've seen that article. It's been I have. Everywhere. I have. And I've seen quite a few of the, of the pressers, you know, the president pressers. And I've seen the individual video um, interviews, a lot of them on YouTube, you know, and things like that. And so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an agenda. And we went from, you know, in a very short period of time saying that under the very best case of scenarios, if we do everything right, we will only have 2 million deaths to a couple days later, well, maybe there's going to be maybe 180,000 deaths to um, maybe 81,000. And now they're talking like maybe 30,000. And here's the thing about the death rate. When they keep saying that over and over again, when they talk, it, it's actually the CDC came out, they called it the seven step, seven step recipe to get people to be vaccinated. This was a, a, a document that they put out in 2004. And one of those uh, documents says that you have to use the word deadly over and over and over again. It's, a, it's a something that goes, it's deadly. You know, this, this flu season is more deadly than last. And so th this whole thing about the death rate that they report every day, the death rate is absolutely irrelevant unless you know the, new, know the denominator. So if you have 100 people that die and the denominator is 100 out of 1,000, that's a legitimate 10% death rate and that's pretty concerning. 
But if you have 100 people die and the denominator is a million, it's 0. 0.00 something. It's irrelevant. Let more people die on a weekend in car accidents or in gunfights in South Chicago or from drug overdoses than that. In the article that I wrote, I actually used a, a, a graph that showed like on, an, an, on a daily basis, how many people died on a daily basis of infectious diseases all around the world. The number one is tuberculosis. And they estimate that up to 3,000 people die every single day on a global basis of, of tuberculosis or complications of tuberculosis. You know, COVID was like down at the bottom of the scale, like 20, maybe 11, something like that. And so th them just saying every day, reporting the death rate, the death rate, the death rate is, a, it, again, it's a psychological operation to have people be fearful to, and to put into their subconscious the demand to be vaccinated. They want, to be, they want them demanding a vaccine. They want to have people lining up the very next day as soon as it's available. And people have no idea what's going to come through that needle. They, have, they don't understand, they don't, oof, they don't understand that, that the vaccine industry has 100% complete and total liability protection from anything that comes through that needle through the PrEP Act. And they are, they're begging to be inoculated with something that could kill them, literally it, kill them. It's, it's crazy, but they're using, it's a war of attrition. They're just going to make people sit and sit and sit. Listen, we'd like to let you go back to work. We'd like to give you back the right to go outside and do what you want, as long as you stay six feet away from another human being. But we're going to have to get you vaccinated. We're going to have to get you tested. The easiest thing in the world to predict was this test that everyone's going to have to take is going to be contaminated. And it wasn't contaminated with influ influenza or I don't know if you've seen this morning's headlines. Measles is another killer that's lurking right around the corner. The COVID-19 test was contaminated with COVID-19. I mean, what are the odds? <laughs> exactly. you know, what are the odds? Everybody's, but people will absolutely demand that they get vaccinated. And Bill Gates and everybody else is already getting, it's already getting in the headlines that they want immunity, which they pretty much get anyways. It's amazing how much leeway they're given and the amount of damage they've done to children over the years. I couldn't imagine being a parent, bringing your healthy baby in to get the shots, and this has happened, I'm, I'm, I know you know this, they've given him the shots and the child changed forever that moment on. Or died. The parents, the parents say anything about it, they're conspiracy theorists. It's unbelievable. So um, <clears throat> you said you had another show to do very shortly. I've got five more minutes here. Oh, yeah. No, I I've, I thought this was an hour. This is fine. Oh, no, no, no. This is only 30 minutes. It's too Perfect. early in the morning for that. Do you want to talk <laughs> okay. about your website, Baxter? Yeah, yeah. I want people to know that if, they, you know, if you want to get more information about this, and we have really good writers, we send out really good, highly, um, highly documented information. With, with footnoted references to peer-reviewed medical literature. And if they go to vaxxer.com, V-A-X-X-T-E-R, please sign up for our email list. Please join us in this battle. You know, we don't overhammer you with emails um, and, and you can um, read all the good stuff that's there and, and, you know, donate to the cause. I mean, I've got a bunch of employees that would like to remain employed during this whole of this stuff. And we depend on our, our, on people to support us for that. And to, and I really want you to read the two articles that I wrote in the last couple of weeks. One is called, um, you know, same playbook, different virus. 
The second one is called um, "Never Let a Good Never Let a Good um, Emergency Go to Waste," and you really need to understand the Prep Act, the Preparedness and Emergency Act which gives the pharmaceutical industry 100% liability. They can put anything they want in those new vaccines. They can put microchips, they can put nanotechnology, they can put known carcinogens, they can put anything that they want in there, in that, in that vaccine. And if, they, if people are injected with it, um, yeah, if you scroll down, I think it's the third article down. Okay. Um, vaccine uh, illusion? No, the second one. No, keep going where it says, uh, next one down. Down, down, right there. Part one and part two. Got Coronavirus you. part one and part two. The How Soon We Forget is the same playbook, different virus, and the one right above it that came out next is Never Let a Good Crisis Go to Waste. That's the one about the PREP Act. And people really have to understand that the only way that if you, if they vaccinate, say, a, a thousand people, and let's say 900 people either get very sick, they get injured, or they die, the only recourse that they have is for they, themselves or their family members to go to the U.S. Attorney General and convince the Attorney General that this was willful misconduct on the part of the of the pharmaceutical industry and that they intentionally intentionally made this product to harm you. And then, if you can convince the Attorney General that yes, this was willful misconduct, then they can do an enforcement action against them. So, how do you how do you think? How first of all, will that ever happen? Second of all, even if there was a snowball's chance in hell of it happening, how long would it take for that to happen? And they can do absolutely put anything that they want. And as far as this testing goes and for you to get your little piece of paper that says, hey, I'm clean. I don't have the virus. Then people, what is the next step, people? The next step is for them to say, oh, you don't want to lose your little certificate here or you don't want to get to the airport and have left it at home. Why don't we put it on that little microchip so that you've always got it with you? It's always going to be in your hand and you don't want to touch any of that dirty money that might be spreading those that bad COVID virus stuff. So that will put all of your money in that little chip that'll be in your hand, too. And you'll never have to worry again. It'll all be right there. It's amazing. It's amazing. And of course, ID 2020 fits the bill perfectly. Yeah. Totally. No pun intended, but it fits the bill. It's yep. amazing how a guy that literally made his unbelievable fortune off of selling computers that were literally notorious for viruses is suddenly he's the man in charge. He stepped down just in time. Coincidentally enough, he has the, he has the patents, he has the fix, and now he's looking for He's looking for, I can't think of the world. You just said it. He doesn't want to be held liable for anything. Complete immunity. Complete immunity. I told we, you this earlier. Complete put, immunity. <laughs> and he's good to go. So. We put a we put a meme up on our Instagram account that showed a picture of Bill, of Bill Gates, and it says, you know, create a virus, create an antivirus, make billions, repeat with humans. <laughs> it's create a virus, create a vaccine, make bill, you know, with humans. People are people. I just want people to really understand this is an absolute pandemic. It was absolutely planned to get people to demand to be vaccinated. It came out of the 2015 adult vaccination plan. Goal number three in that plan is clearly stated. Uh, people need to increase the demand for vaccines and the demand and demand to be vaccinated. The demand the, the, to be vaccinated. When. Uh... December 20th, was it December? There was a big YouTube. YouTube likes to do cleansings. Anyone that's telling too much truth, if you're too close to the target, YouTube gets rid of you. They write a new algorithm, et cetera. 
the latest one was we don't want anyone talking about three things. Don't talk about going to the moon. Don't talk about 9-11 and don't talk about vaccines, which is basically them showing their cards right there. And then suddenly this comes out and people, a lot of people, not all, but a lot of people have completely forgot about it. And by locking people up in their houses for an indeterminate amount of time, fine, just give me the vaccine. Give me the vaccine and everything will be fine. But they don't understand that this is this is the new norm. All the experts, all the mainstream experts, MIT, Bill and Melinda Gates, all these people are saying this is the new normal. Dr. Fauci is telling people to never shake hands again. Nothing wrong with that. Never shake hands again. That's, that seems totally normal. And the, and Cuomo is calling for never opening churches again, ever. What a way. It's, it's, it's exactly like they're fulfilling a multifaceted agenda all at one time. It's exactly. crazy. Very much so. Dr. Tenpenny, you are phenomenal. And I don't know how many thousands of comments went by that I said that say, we hope Dr. Tenpenny has security. Dr. Tempany has big angels. Okay. You know, big okay. angels. Well, that's, that's the best security there is because big angels don't fall asleep and they, you know, they're never in the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. Like, before we went live, I said the same thing. I said the same thing. For all the people that love you, there's going to be a small organized group that's just going to dog you constantly. Don't feed them. Don't talk to them. Ignore them. Thank you. And the people that do like what we're having to say, come and support us. Join our email list at Vaxer. Come join me at Dr. Tenpenny over on Instagram. Let's boost that up and get the information out. And I so appreciate being on your show. Thank anytime. you so much for inviting Absolutely. me. Anytime. All right, Thank guys. You so Richie from Boston, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. All of her information will be pinned in the comment section. And we are out.